A fake speed run aired live on SGDQ last week, and I'm not surprised who did it. Plus, soon I won't need a Facebook account to use the most popular VR headset. Tonight is July 10th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so love, you would say, uh, even if. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right. Hogwash time here in my one weekend between uh, events. It's not Splice. This is not a Splice podcast. Hello, everybody. And welcome. I probably will splice that in. I don't know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, yet another edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on Sunday night, thank you so much. It's good to see you. Uh, We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash VOG Network. That is where we are, and you can uh, interact with the show directly, and uh, I'll be trying to read the intelligent comments from chat throughout the night but it is twitch chat but most most of most of them are intelligent we did and we did just start a hype train over on twitch as uh what seems to happen when uh, a lot of subscriptions get resubscribed so there is a uh there is a hype train going on in there and we'll talk all about that at the end but thank you so much for your generosity and support of us here on twitch and uh, But if not, uh, I completely understand we are a podcast. You can join our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord, and that's where you can see things that we're going to talk about during the week. Uh, you will hear uh, other people's opinions on those things that we'll talk about, and you can suggest topics on your own if you wish to participate that way and can't be here on Sunday nights, which I completely understand. So uh, next week... Uh, we will still have a show next week. We will not have a live show in two weeks, which is literally the... I got to do the math again, 17th anniversary of this show, like literally to the day, uh, and I won't be here. Uh, but I will be here next week, right, fresh off the heels of uh, the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, which is a, uh, it, it's a gaming convention here in the, uh, in the Atlanta area. And um, it, it's, it's a, it, arcade and pinball is where it started, but it's expanded out to a bunch of uh, a bunch of game uh, tabletop games, board games, uh, indie games. They have an indie game showcase. It, it's a lot of fun. It's actually my favorite straight gaming convention that I go to, and uh, it's all a bunch of arcade and pinball. It's people's private collections, all on free play. They do have consoles, uh, new and old, that you can try. Uh, they've had virtual reality booths in the past, uh, and uh, it, it's just it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's it's and they're, they're, I, and I'm going to be doing a couple panels, as you can see in the uh, their official like little one minute commercial that I'm running in the background. It's on their YouTube channel, and I'm in it for half of a second. Um, and Breakman says Bobby is becoming too big of a celeb to do a show every Sunday. Hey now, it's for family reasons, so that's what I'll say. But July 15th through 17th at the uh, Renaissance Waverly Hotel and the Cobb Galleria in. Uh, 
uh, here in Marietta. It's right right across the street from uh, Truist Park where the Atlanta Braves play. Uh, so that's where we're going to be. Uh, that's where I'm going to be next week. But I will be here next Sunday night to show video and make you all very uh, jealous that you weren't there. But if you are there, I am actually going to be running two panels back-to-back on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and uh, it is, uh, I'm going to read them out here and tell you what they are. Uh, so Saturday at 5.30, local time, and none of these are streamed. So if you're not there, you're not going to be able to watch that. They, they do not stream their panels like other conventions do. Um, maybe in the future they'll start doing that. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, Saturday at 5.30, we're actually going to have a panel about Twitch streaming. Uh, so you meet local Twitch streamers. So the description here is streaming on Twitch has exploded in recent years and allows people to share themselves and their gameplay to the world. Join seasoned streamers as well as representatives from Stream Atlanta to find out how you can start, grow, and have fun with your Twitch streams, either as a viewer or as a performer. Questions and answers welcome. So I'm going to be moderating this panel, uh, even though I can also speak on the panel. Uh, but I'm, I'm essentially leading the conversation. We're going to have uh, PB Undesirables, who is a pinball streamer, uh, actually out of uh, Alabama. He's out of Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, but he does pinball streams and tarot reading and some other uh, other neat stuff that's not like your straight video game uh, type of stuff. And he has this whole, like, camera rig for his pinball machines, and he'll go into that. Uh, we have Phaedra Black, who is uh, one of the moderators of the Stream Atlanta uh, meetup group. And she also is uh, working with the women of Stream Atlanta, and that's a kind of a women's uh, subset of that. Um, no Men Allowed in that one. Uh, so she works with that and she's a moderator there and she's going to talk about the local meetup group here in Atlanta for Twitch streamers to meet up. And then the third person that's going to be on it is uh, somebody I'm going to talk about in a second who you may have also heard of uh, me talk about previously an eternal enigma who is a Twitch partner. Uh, but he, and he streams a lot of horror games. He's actually a horror game speedrunner, So he does a lot of silent Hill speed runs, resident evil speed runs, but he also does games like he's been going through the metal gear solid series. And, uh, but he does full-time streaming, uh, usually overnight. So he will start at, uh, even though he's here in Georgia, uh, he will start at like 1130 local time and go until like 8am and that's like 1130 PM to 8am. So he's like an overnight streamer. Uh, so he's going to be on that panel as well. And then he's also going to be with me, uh, on Saturday at seven o'clock. And I'm actually really excited for this one. Cause it's not really a panel. It's an event. Uh, first time I get to host something that's not a panel, not like a Q and a panel, but it's called explaining speed running with silent hill for the room. Uh, so the description here is just because a game doesn't have a high score table. Doesn't mean you can't compete in it. Remember we're at a pinball convention. So I'm phrasing it for pinball people. Uh, there's an entire subculture of gaming that participates in speedrunning, where you beat video games as quickly as possible. Local speedrunner and Eternal Enigma will introduce basic speedrunning concepts like RNG, damage boosting, and frame-perfect tricks. And he will do so while running Silent Hill for The Room, a game that usually takes 10 hours to beat, but he just beat it on the Charity Marathon Summer Games Done Quick in a little bit over an hour. So... Uh, he's, um, and I'm going to essentially be the host. And so we're going to be working on that together, but he's going to be playing, uh, Silent Hill 4 live on stage, uh, on a projector. And we're going to be tailoring the commentary towards people who know nothing about speedrunning because a lot of times when you watch like a games done quick or any of these other speedrunning marathons that are out there, uh, the audience is speedrunners. They may not know the game, but they understand speedrunning. So uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to essentially, I hate to say the term dumb it down because the people that attend are smart, but we're going to basically pull back the covers and explain some of the things that we maybe have uh, assumed that like a GDQ audience takes for granted. And uh, so we're going to be, you know, kind of starting from the basics. 
Uh, and so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I may try to film it. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to work out. The last time I tried to film a panel at Southern Fried Gaming Expo, the video did not come out well. Uh, there was uh, audio issues, and you couldn't hear what was going on. So um, Questbuster says, approachable speedrunning for the rest of us. Exactly. So uh, it's actually an hour and a half long event, so it's going to go from 7 to 8.30. And uh, it takes him about an hour and five minutes to beat Silent Hill 4, so that's going to give us a little bit of time at the beginning for introductions to give some basic concepts. Uh, kind of explain, you know, give a baseline, and then we're just going to go and we're going to do the same run that he just did at SGDQ. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and Pod Culture says, not dumb down, translate geek into muggle. It's, it'll still be a little geeky because we. it's kind of hard to talk about random number generation without getting a little bit geeky, but the audience at Southern Fried would understand that uh, and, and stuff about random, random numbers and, and things like that. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Enigma's really looking forward to it. And we're going to uh, hopefully it'll be the first time, first time of many that we'll get to work together at various things. So uh, hopefully I will see you if you are in the Atlanta area and you feel safe and comfortable. Uh, I will mention, uh, just to kind of be perfectly clear, uh, there is no vaccination requirement and there is no masking requirement at Southern Fried Gaming Expo. So this is the, basically the complete opposite of where I was last week. Uh, so uh, if that is something that maybe scares you away, uh, I completely understand and maybe we'll see you at a future event. Uh, but that is the decision that they have made. That is the decision the venue has made. Uh, because the venue gets to say who can come in and who can come out and who who you can exclude and who you can't. Uh, so um, it it is uh, unfortunate we are still in the middle of uh, of a pandemic, but um, this is the decision that has been made, and it's multiple parties that were involved in making that decision. But they do recommend that you continue masking and that you sh don't show up when you're sick. Uh, but they can't; they are not mandating it. If it's, so I just wanted to be full disclosure on that, but a three-day pass, I believe, is $70 right now. It's $75 at the door. Single-day passes are available at the door only, and I don't know how much those cost. Uh, so if you just want to go on Saturday, you can buy a single-day badge at the time there. YYR says, love the shirts play on the Sonic Adventure 2 logo. Yes, so I am wearing uh, the this the Summer Games Done Quick 2022 shirt. Uh, which they every time they kind of do a play on something video gamey. So this one is Sonic Adventure Two. Um, one of the ones in the past was the N sixty four controller. Uh, so they they t they tend to do um, some pretty cool like motifs uh, for for their logo. Except uh, I believe the character on here that they're referencing like it's it's supposed to be Sonic, uh, obviously. But but I think they've got their uh, Games Done Quick has their own mascot named Velocity because they go fast, get it? And so I think, like, this is supposed to be, like, Velocity in the Sonic Adventure 2 thing. Anyway, I would say enough about SGDQ, but we're about to talk about SGDQ, because I figured uh, that I probably should at least mention this, uh, because you may have heard about this, because unfortunately, all of Games Done Quick was overshadowed by this one story about this seven minutes out of the entire marathon uh, and it is somebody who is uh, a friend of the show that did this. No longer a friend. Uh, and, and I know he doesn't watch or listen to this show, so he doesn't know I said that. Uh, but he's probably also okay with not being a friend anymore. But PC Games N uh, reports that the world record speedrun of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance's DLC, which was featured at SGDQ 2022, has been revealed as a fake 
as Russian player Mekarazium admits that they used a pre-recorded video of the game rather than completing it live. In a message sent to Games Done Quick's enforcement team, Mechorazium explains how their run of Blade Wolf, which claimed a new record time of 6 minutes 55 seconds, was in fact a pre-taped, segmented run, whereby sections of the game are completed individually and then spliced together using editing to give the impression of a single continuous playthrough. Some games featured on the official speedrun leaderboards have a separate classification for seg- segmented runs, since the skill and luck required to hit every exploit or time save across an entire game is usually very high. As compared to besting levels individually, uh, speedrunners will use segmented runs to demonstrate what is theoretically possible in a game. Uh, But Mechorazium's run was presented as a full real-time playthrough offered to viewers as a reward for reaching one of SGDQ's donation thresholds. Rather than take place live at the SGDQ uh, venue in Minneapolis, Mechorazium's run was broadcast via live stream from their own computer. Mechorazium admits that this allowed them to substitute a full real-time run for one that was pre-made and segmented. Uh, in the message, Mecha said, quote, The Blade Wolf DLC run incentive people paid for is a pre-recorded segmented run. I haven't mentioned it anywhere, neither during the submission process or the email I sent to the committee. It was supposed to be a real-time run, but I changed my mind at the very last second after switching the saves, unquote. Uh, now, so... Mechorazium, uh, and the reason I say he was a friend of the show, is he was the runner of the first time I ever worked with GDQ. And um, he was very welcoming to me. Uh, he made uh, he sent me uh, videos of their practice that he did with his commentators, uh, and he was very receptive, and he was, uh, he was, very, he was kind to me. Um, so... But but I could also tell some of his attitude and some of his temperament from that. Now, I have heard from other speedrunners that he is not so kind to them. I think he was kind to me because I wasn't a speedrunner, and so I was not a challenge to anything uh, of his. Uh, but I have heard that he's he's not a very good representative of any community from other speedrunners that actually know him better. And, and I will say this. Based on a lot of his comments that he's made, uh, he made during his streams, uh, he's he's very he he comes across very arrogant because he actually is very good at what he does. Because the Metal Gear, the main run of Metal Gear Revengeance, he did do live, uh, and the run he did with me, I did the Devil May Cry Four, uh, which was at SGDQ twenty twenty, the first virtual marathon. He did that one live so much so that we actually had to mute him because uh, the the clacking of his keyboard was too loud. So I could, I could, I can, I saw that side of him, but he did not, he did not aim that side towards me. Uh, so I will say that about him. But what I will say is, I am very surprised that anybody would do something like this at GDQ because it is very difficult to get into GDQ, and it raises a lot of money for charity. I am surprised that anybody would even think about doing this. That being said, if anybody was going to do this at a GDQ, it would be Mechorazium. I am not surprised that Mecha is the one that did it. Um, it. It sounds like something he would do. Now, I know that he kind of felt that uh, by doing this, uh, he was kind of hoping GDQ's reputation would get the hit. And not him, but that's not exactly how it works. So how this all ended, at least on GDQ's side, they put out a statement uh, on and, and GDQ, I love you. But but having to parse Reddit comments and look for 
cool Maddie, who is Matt Merkel, the the head of uh, the the that basically kind of oversees all this stuff. Uh, having to parse his Reddit comments to get the official statement is kind of weird. Uh, so you may want to work on that, but. GDQ explained in one of those Reddit comments, quote, yesterday we were made aware that Mechorazium played a segmented video for his DLC run at Summer Games Done Quick 2022. Mechorazium has since admitted to this, both to some members of the community as well as directly to GDQ staff. He contacted our staff with a document detailing that he had planned this for over a month, demonstrating this was planned and intentional. This was made possible because of the remote nature of this particular run in the marathon. This is absolutely unacceptable and attempts to undermine the integrity of the speedrunning community that we love and support. The exact result they desired was unclear from the document, but it is clear that they believed we would not be willing to speak out about their behavior. However, we believe that it is in the community's best interest to know why this run was removed by GDQ. We have removed Mechorazium's runs from our YouTube archive and will not permit him to run in the future, unquote. So the Breakman asks, so is he banned? Yes, he is banned from running at GDQ. Uh, it is very, very difficult to get banned from GDQ. No matter what clickbait headlines you may see, uh, every time apparently somebody curses on a GDQ uh, GDQ stream, everybody posts on Reddit that they're about to be banned. Nobody has ever been banned from GDQ for simply cursing. People have been banned from GDQ for uh, being inappropriate and doing inappropriate things uh, and being inappropriate to people. Uh, staff or viewers or audience uh, that has happened but never for just a curse word uh, you have to try really hard to get banned from GDQ and I know that the the common narrative is GDQ bans everybody there's maybe like a handful of people that are banned from GDQ and they don't want to return to GDQ anyway so it's really no big loss the Breakman says good well I have a potty mouth well you're not going to run at GDQ uh, now, if you continually do it, yeah, they're just not going to ask you back. Um, they, you you just wouldn't be allowed back. But uh, but yeah, if if one comes out by accident, they overlook it. But uh, yeah, if you can't do a speed run on that stage that one time without cursing, yeah, you probably shouldn't be on GDQ, and you should go to one of those other marathons that allow it. Now, the if you remember also, if you watch it, which you can find it on YouTube, you can't find it on GDQ's uh, YouTube, but it was uploaded to someone else's YouTube. At the end, he did this long rambling soliloquy because he was kind of upset that everybody was pointing out that's a world record. Now, the world record for that DLC is actually held by Mechorazium. Like, he actually does have the legitimate world record, even though I think maybe he was removed off the leaderboard after this. But... Uh, he had the legitimate world record, so he could beat it in like seven minutes, 25 seconds. Instead, he used the splice run. But he started playing down. He's like, let's not look up to world record holders. And there was a, actually a nice sentiment to this beginning of the speech where he said, look, it, this takes a community. Uh, yes, I may have performed the world record, but this is the work of all of the tricks and the routing that have been done by the community members, a lot of community members will work on the route and, you know, maybe they're not good enough to run the whole game by themselves, but the information they provide to those who can make everything better. And that's what makes the time go down. And instead of concentrating on the person who got the world record, you should concentrate on the community. And I like that sentiment. Then he kind of went on continuing on about some other stuff. And, and you know, the fact that English is not his first language, it was kind of hard to figure out what he was talking about. And at the time we thought, you know, cause he was talking about how we probably won't see him again and some other stuff like that. And, uh, 
you know, there was, uh, he was, he always called himself a God gamer. And so he's like, there will be more godless knights in the future. And uh, we all thought it was just, it was him kind of slyly saying, hey, I'm an able-bodied Russian. Uh, I may not be around anymore. Turns out he knew he was going to get caught and he wasn't going to be allowed anywhere anymore. And this was kind of his exit from the speedrunning community. At the beginning, we thought, okay, maybe he's going to get, you know, called up and, you know, you know, the, the real life political situation, which he didn't talk about directly. But we thought that's what was going to happen. No, he just he knew he was going to get caught. People already kind of figured during the time, because if you actually watch the main run, he's, you know, very much, you know, you can hear the clack in the keyboard and you can, you know, he's very much in tune with it and he's letting his commentators do the work, which his commentators didn't know he was doing this, by the way. Uh, and they're actually kind of worried they're getting banned too, but they're like, we promise we had no, we didn't know about this. And then, uh, but when he got to the main, the DLC run, he's animated, he's talking, he even accidentally moved his hand off the mouse and he said, oh, I just moved the mouse with my left hand instead. I'm such a God gamer. Uh, and other people noticed like there was actually one of the splices was bad. Uh, that he kind of messed up one of the splices, the audio skipped a little bit too much, uh, and things like that. So uh, he, people kind of had questions about it, like within the first hour. Tiger Claw says GDQ is also family friendly, so they can't have people acting like mature adults. Well, I mean, mature, yes. Uh, M rated. They do have games that are rated M, but they do require that the commentary be at least PG. And uh, Tucker Law asks, didn't Billy Mitchell pull something like this years ago, submitting a video to beat the Donkey Kong record? Uh, that is the alleged story. Uh, that is what many people believe. And uh, I was written up in a Variety article because of that. So uh, we're not going to go there anymore. I'm surprised anyone would do it. Anybody would do this, but if anybody did it, uh, I, I would have actually guessed it would have been Mechorasium that did it. Uh, the last thing I will say is one of the other things said deep in a Reddit comment by Cool Maddie, uh, is that they are continuing with remote runs. Uh, so this is not going to destroy the idea of having remote runs at GDQ. Uh, this is the first time that they know of that somebody has cheated at a remote run and done something like this, and uh, they're hoping that it is uh, it is an outlier. Uh, because they have been able to hold now five GDQ events, uh, and they hold a lot of other virtual events, uh, and they have for a long time. Uh, and this is the first time somebody's pulled a fast one on them like this. So uh, they are going to continue on with the remote runs because they really like that aspect, and they like the idea of bringing in somebody from Russia who you know can't make it to the U.S., for for various reasons, uh, but still showcasing their talents because it is a talent and Mecca was and uh, Mecca is good at what he does. He just doesn't have the right attitude for it. So uh, for the first time in like four weeks, I'm going to talk about something that's not GDQ related. How about that? Let's talk about uh, Intellivision, which is uh, the Intellivision Amico uh, not happening. I'm, I'm going to kind of say it now. Uh, I don't think it's going to come out. Um, and, uh, I, I actually still get a little bit of flack on it because I still have a video up. I interviewed Tommy Tallarico back in uh, April of 2020. And, uh, we, we all thought it was going to come out in October of 2020. And we're like, yeah, we should, you know, everything should be fine to, to get it done then. And, and it didn't come out then. And, uh, I get a lot of flack for that video because I didn't, you know, I wasn't critical enough of him. But uh, it's not going to happen. I, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. Mike Def says this kind of sucks. I, I agree. Uh, I have money down on it, but I'm not asking for a refund yet. Uh, and uh, IGN reports, though, that it was reported uh, the other day 
that the trademark for the Intellivision Amico had been abandoned. So this came out like before the last show, but I didn't have a chance to talk about it. Spurring speculation that development on the console has ceased. Now the company's CEO says work on the system is ongoing and that the trademark is very much alive. In an email sent to IGN from Intellivision CEO Phil Adam, the company says that it is still working on the console and that the United States Patent and Trademark Office is usually pretty slow in updating. Uh, he provided a, IGN a screenshot of the Intellivision Amico trademark listed as live, and as of this morning, uh, of that morning when this was written, and IGN did confirm it. The filing date for the trademark is listed as June 30th, 2022. So it was pretty much right at the, probably the very end. Uh, that was probably right at the very end, the last day that they could submit it. Um, and, uh, and so they're still at least putting on the front that they are working on it. Uh, I do know that the Amico does exist in, you know, in some form uh, because they've had it out in, in public. Uh, people have played it in public. Um, they, it's just they it cannot be mass produced at the time. Uh, that's that's the problem that they were having is that it can't be mass produced at this time. And uh, there's there's been some other mismanagement, it seems, uh, that I am not privy to and I'm not going to speculate about. Um do I think it would have actually come out in October 2020 had uh, things not derailed the entire world? I'm not so sure. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen now. Uh, and uh, it's a shame because I, I grew up on Intellivision. That was my console. Uh, and uh, Tommy hadn't let me down yet. And I know Tommy is no longer uh, involved this much in the day-to-day. -day. He is still, I believe, an owner. Uh, but he is not involved in the day-to-day -day in television anymore. His father did pass away, uh, which he had brought home from hospice care to take care of, and that's why he stepped away from the role. Uh, his father did actually pass away, and I know some people are going to think that's not true, but the, the obituary is out there. You can look it up. Uh, so getting him out of the limelight on Intellivision is probably the, the best thing they could have done, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. The Breakman says, I never thought this would have been successful. I, I, I saw what they were going for, and I thought maybe it could have. Would it have been successful with people who listen to this podcast? No. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, the Intellivision Amico wasn't aimed for you. But there's a whole lot more people that aren't into the hardcore games that would have pro probably really loved the Amico. Uh, the, the original vision of the Amico. I don't think they're going to hit that vision. And uh, Dark Tatsuya does say, definitely a shame. I really liked a lot of the ideas Tommy and Co. were bringing to the table with this one. Uh, I liked it, too. Some of the games that were being made for it have now been released on other platforms. So, like, the exclusivity window is gone for those because they had uh, started approaching a whole bunch of indie devs to make exclusive games for the Amico. And now that it's not going to come out, uh, or it's not going to come out anytime soon, a lot of those deals uh, they were able to release elsewhere. I'm going to go back to this comment, uh, going back to the previous story. I thought I wasn't going to talk about GDQ anymore, but once I was out, uh, y'all pulled me back in. S. Joe and I'm at uh, about uh, doing remote runs. Uh, for instance, what he would do, any remote uh, run during setup will have a special watermark that needs to be up. That will make sure it won't be a tampered run. Uh, doesn't matter. You can put the – what all, all Mecha did was he changed the scene in OBS – from showing the game screen to showing a VLC window, just like what I do when I, you know, show a video here. Uh, and I can still have all my watermarks on it, but it's just it's playing from VLC instead of playing from the game. So the watermark wouldn't work. What some people were saying is that they, they need they need to have like a hand cam 
that maybe is not shown to the viewer, but it can be shown to uh, to the producers because the producers can see there. There's like a clock on the screen and all this stuff. I don't want to get into the details of what's in there because I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Uh, but there's a lot of like blank space on the actual feed that the GDQ producers use to splice into their graphics, and you could add a hand cam. But then that requires every runner to ha- runner to have two cam cameras, two webcams running, and not everybody can do that. So I think it's just going to be honor system unless it becomes prevalent. Tyreclaw says, this means the new Earthworm Jim game may not see the light of day. And Breakman says, Earthworm Jim was fun when I was a teenager. Uh, and uh, and Breakman says, I like Tommy T. I just never thought this was a good idea. Too much competition. There isn't that much competition in the casual gaming space for consoles. Uh, everybody plays their casual games on the phone. And that's what they were trying to do. So, But it ain't going to happen. If it does, uh, I'll have one. And so we can see what it's like together, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think I think it's I think that fifty bucks I spent in uh, 2019 or 2018 or whenever that was, I think it's gone. I'm not going to try to get it back. But something I might actually get that a lot of people already have, and I have stayed away because I did not uh, w- want to adhere to the requirements of owning one. Uh, VR. I'm a huge fan of VR. I have a bunch of VR headsets, but I do not have the most popular one, which is. Uh, well, now I'll be nice, and I'm going to call it the Meta Quest Two. I know Oculus. I understand. I'll be nice. Because I approve of this change, so I'm going to be nice tonight, and I'm actually going to call them by the name that they wish to be called, which is the MetaQuest 2. I have not gotten one because I did not want to agree to some of the terms that you need to own uh, software on that platform and to be able to even set up the platform. You cannot set the Quest 2 up without something that I did not want to do at the time. But that's changing. In August 2022... Meta will be rolling out a new Meta account structure that gives people more flexibility and control in VR. You will no longer be required to log into your uh, you will no longer be required to log into your Meta VR devices with a Facebook account. So what I uh, what this essentially means, the requirement I didn't want to do is I didn't want to link my Facebook account to my VR purchases because if I wanted to leave the social network, uh, I did not want to lose access to my VR because if you deactivate your Facebook account, you no longer have a Facebook account in good standing, which means you can't use your VR device. So you had to have an active VR uh, Facebook account in good standing, which also means that if a bot decided that I needed to be banned or timed out for something that I didn't mean and just the bot decided that I shouldn't say that type of stuff, uh, on Facebook, I could also lose access to all of my VR stuff. And I did not like that. And uh, E3VL says, how do you know they won't reverse it again? Uh, I don't. But uh, it will have to be an opt-in feature because I'm not going to link my Facebook account to this new meta uh, account. And on and to be fair, I, my Oculus account still exists. That's what I'm going to convert into this meta account, and it's not linked to my Facebook. Uh, but then I just won't be able to use it anymore, and then I'll just complain here on the podcast. Um, so I don't know if they're not going to do it again. But uh, this gesture of doing it this way will at least get me in the ecosystem, which is probably what they want. So I did not like the idea of having my social media account tied to my ability to use VR. I am fine with having an account 
that is registered with them to use VR. And I also understand that they are going to track my habits and all that stuff. And I have, I have pretty much resigned that, that that's going to be the case. So it is not that I am against having an account. I was against having the account be dictated by something that had nothing to do with VR. It would be like if, uh, you know, getting kicked off of my, uh, of Xbox live, uh, because I said something on Twitter, like that's, I don't agree with that. If I was a jerk on Xbox Live, then yes, I'd get banned off Xbox Live and wouldn't be able to use any of that. Yes, I understand that. If I'm a jerk on, on the meta VR uh, and I get my account banned and I lose all my purchases, yeah, that's fine. Um, but but I don't like having something completely unrelated uh, be kind of like a dagger or you know, getting ready to strike over my VR purchases. Tireclaw says, if you have bought games and still want those games, you'll have to transfer all those games from the Facebook account to the meta account. Yes, or you transfer your Oculus account where you did buy the one game. I bought one game on the Oculus, uh, and it was for uh, it was for the Rift, uh, and I can't play it anymore because it was the Rock Band VR, and you needed the special adapter, and the special adapter doesn't work with the new touch controller. So that's literally the only game I bought on the Oculus uh, st- on the old Oculus store, uh, and that's what I would transfer over. The Breakman says, LOL, can, any, can anyone imagine Bobby talking smack during a game of Call of Duty? Language so bad that he gets banned? You should look behind you when I shoot you in the face. Would it be something like that? That me on Call of Duty right there? S. Sharon Matt says, if Zuckerberg uh, decides to come out with his metaverse, a.k.a. his Oasis stream, then we'll see what they force then. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Oasis is actually already out. Somebody's already made, like, Oasis, but it was on, like, Vive port or something. It was on the HTC Vive side. Um, but really, the Oasis, isn't that just VR chat? The Breakman says, OMG, I want to be able to talk smack in that voice. Yes, uh, it's called the Go XLR mixer. Uh, it, it's several hundred dollars, but it is, it is amazing. It is fun. I have fun with it. I, I use more it more at work than I do here on this show, uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And also, I finally... This like today, I'm like, I really should write down which buttons do what, because a lot of times I like I want to hit a button, but I forget which bank it is, uh, which audio thing. But I finally have it all written down, which is why I was like, oh, there's the baby voice. And I will also say, if I stream again on my personal channel, I actually have channel point rewards, which are for the next two minutes, you have to use one of those. One of these, uh, the, you have to talk, say everything using one of those voice modulators. So, like, if somebody redeems the, you know, two minutes of baby voice, then I actually have to play the game with that and act like a baby and stuff. Uh, and E3VL says, use post-its. Oh, you mean like these? Like these little post-its right here? Yeah. That's what I'm using. Um, so, yeah. So, if I ever do stream again, I've got that. And then I've got, like, the, uh, the evil voice. That's one you can use. And then I think I've got, uh, which I don't, Pod Culture is using a name that uh, somebody else on this network used. I'm not using that name for it uh, because that is Travis Donovan's name. And uh, he, did, he has not yet given me permission to use that name uh, or anything like that. Uh, and then I also have like a proclamation announcer voice and stuff. Uh, so those are the type of things that uh, I can do if I ever stream again on my personal channel. Which I'm actually looking at like one of those, like that Final Fantasy VI randomizer. Uh, where which basically is Final Fantasy VI, but it like changes where everything is, and you can like play it casually and beat it in like just a couple hours, and so that may be what I would do. Anyway, back to the VR thing. Um, 
They are evolving the Oculus profile to a new Meta Horizon profile, which you can customize as you see fit. Your friends will now become followers, similar to Instagram's existing model. So now you're no longer doing two-way friends. It's more you're just following other people. Uh, you'll have the option, to, the option to add your Facebook and or Instagram account to the same account center as your Meta account, which unlocks connected experiences in VR. I can pass on that. Uh, and they're also rolling out new controls to help you easily manage your privacy settings. So, um, so yeah, so that that's what they're going to be doing, uh, and uh, they're going to be doing this starting next month in August, which means I might finally get a Quest Two. I've actually never used a Quest Two. Uh, I've been places where there have been quests there, and uh, I have opted not to use one. Uh, there's always been a line of people who don't have VR, and I'm like, I've got VR. I can put on a VR headset whenever I want, and it's actually of a better quality than the Quest 2. But I also know that a lot of the new uh, development is being made for the Quest 2 because that is the popular headset. And that, so that's where all the development is. A lot of studios are turning their back on PC VR. Uh, so they're making games for the Quest 2. And if they do release that same game on PC... Uh, it's using the Quest 2's assets, so it looks like a mobile game. Uh, I know that there's a new Pinball FX that has like a lot of the Star Wars tables in it. I think it's Star Wars Pinball VR. And uh, it's by Zen Studios, but it is literally all of the Oculus Quest or the Meta Quest 2 assets. Uh, or actually, I think it's just the Quest 1. Like they built it for the Quest 1, and it's just those assets. They just hit, you know, in Unity, you know, build to, des build to Windows, and that's what they use. Tireclaw says, another thing, you'll be able to play VR games at 120 hertz on the Quest 2. I can already play them at 120 hertz. I've got a Valve Index. So I, I'm already there. I, I'm already at that point. Uh, but now I can... I, it's, I want this not for the hardware capabilities, because uh, I've already got way better hardware capabilities. It's more for the content. There is, unfortunately, Meta has won, and uh, they've got a lot of the exclusives, and a lot of these games that are, are great uh, are exclusively coming out for the Quest. You cannot get them on a PC setup. PC games, I will play on my PC headset and not deal with cables or wireless or anything like that because uh, I've got a really good PC uh, VR setup in here. Uh, but the Quest is going to allow me to play the games that they don't want to release on PC. As Sharon Matt says, do you believe there is a MetaQuest Pro that's allegedly coming out and would you wait to get that? Um, I don't know. I don't know if one's coming out. I don't know if I would wait. Because like I said... I already have really good VR setup. It's, I'm not doing this for the hardware capabilities. So we are going to take a quick music break. And then uh, if you want to call in, head on over to our green room. Go to vognetwork.com slash discord. Join the green room voice chat channel. That will pull you into another channel. Uh, and we can talk about things. You can ask me about anything going on in the gaming industry uh, that maybe I haven't talked about in the last like four weeks or something like that. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show in the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork. I want to have my chocobo all day. <sighs> Can't get it out of my head! Hey, this is Robbie Damon, the voice of all your favorite anime and video games, and you are participating with the Bobby Black Wolf Show. Have fun, baby! This sounds like you're having fun. Yeah, I'm having fun. I haven't been able to record a bumper like that in years. I thought about doing some. I thought about doing some uh, uh, last week, but uh, I didn't because uh, uh, we would have had to have like gone somewhere else. 
uh, to like outside or something, and it was windy and stuff like that. Uh, Sharon Matt says new convention, new bumpers, maybe, uh, maybe at this next one. I will see. Uh, maybe I'll get Enigma to do one. I'm sure he'd say yes. We're buds now. We're pals. We hung out for a whole like couple minutes last week, so we're we're obviously best friends. No, we're not. Uh, not yet, at least. Um, so yeah, so if you want to leave a bumper though, you don't have to meet me at a convention. All you got to do is, uh, send me either an audio or video of just your voice. I will choose what DMCA violation I want to put in behind it. Uh, and about coming back to the Bobby Blackwell show or something like that. Uh, and, uh, we'll be able to use it on the show. So I'm not using the same bumpers that I have been for, for years and years and years and years. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear you, uh, fr- from that. I'm going to check to see if anybody is in the green room. Uh, I do not see anybody in the green room yet for taking calls. So this is kind of like an, an open uh, forum if anybody has any questions that they want answered for the next like three or four minutes or so. Uh, that, you know, usually I don't end quick enough to be able to do this part, which I completely understand. That's why people don't usually line up and get ready uh, to, to, to speak. But, uh, yeah, if there's anybody's got any questions or something or if you want me to expand on anything uh, that I've talked about in the past, and I will say that one of the things that I did uh, during the the music break, the the music break that you don't hear on the podcast feed, is I finally played something from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I uh, obviously a couple of weeks ago when TMNT uh, the Shredder's Revenge came out, uh, I did not talk about it at all that that uh, that that week, even though I had played it. Like, I actually had played it. It's on Game Pass, so I played it on Game Pass. But I did not talk about it at all, and I didn't play any music from it. And everybody's like, why are you not playing anything from TMNT? So I finally played something from, like, the OG TMNT, which was from the, the damn level that everybody hates, from the first NES TMNT. Uh, that's what I had played. So they're all talking about how they're looking forward to the Calabunga collection. They're like, soon you'll be able to play it too, Bobby. And I'm like, you think I'm going to actually make it to that part in the game? You think I'm good enough? Thank you so much. You know, I should... Yeah, I'm going to be good enough. Yeah, that's 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 the humor in that one. Mike Deft asked, "Did you play Tunic yet?" I haven't played any games recently. Um, you know, I came back from uh, GDQ uh, on Sunday, immediately went here uh, to do this, and then uh, a lot of real life things have happened that had to go on hold because I was gone for eight days last week, uh, as well as um, as well as. Uh, other things starting to happen and work being like, oh, you were gone for a week. Here's all the stuff you need to do. Uh, so I actually have not had the chance to play much of any video games except like Picross right before bed, uh, where I lay in bed and I play Picross and it tires me my brain enough that I can fall asleep. Uh, so have I played Tunic yet? No, I have not. Mike Defts is seriously concern, uh, considering Tunic as the game of the year so far. So uh, I, I, I do want to try it out, although, you know, every time everybody's like, it's a Souls game, I'm like, then, then no. Why would I want to play a Souls game? Uh, SJ100 Matt uh, asks, uh, and so this is going to be a little bit of a preview. I'm sure I'm opening up a can of worms. You're not really. But are you going to talk about this soundtrack you did back in the day that was apparently a massive hit in the underground seas overseas that's apparently getting a remaster release? Uh, am I going to talk about that today? No. Am I going to talk about it uh, when that remaster happens? Yes, and I'm actually hoping to have that person that's doing that remaster from that record company, I'm hoping to have them here live. Uh, So we will, there will be an episode sometime in the next couple months where we won't talk about video games, but instead we're going to talk about music I wrote 20 years ago that somebody else stole. Uh, And um, and, uh, actually it's more than, it's like 25 years now, jeez. Uh, that somebody else stole and uh, and became like very like well regarded 
and I didn't know about it until about eight months ago. Uh, so, but I'm not going to get into it here on this show yet. Uh, you can find my Twitter or you can find my Facebook page, uh, at Bobby Blackwolf, uh, on Twitter or the Bobby Blackwolf fan page over on Facebook. And you'll see, actually the Facebook page actually has like all the details and stuff because, uh, and, and it'll talk about it, but essentially the TLDR version, uh, is, uh, back in the day, uh, in the nineties, I was in the demo scene. Uh, which is before I was 29 years old, obviously. Uh, I was in the demo scene. So we, this is like the, the demo, like Amiga demos, PC demos. If you heard of Future Crew, Second Reality, uh, you know, uh, Space Pigs uh, on the Amiga side, that that's the type of stuff, except I wrote music. So I was called a tracker and we use tracking software. And uh, so we did this and I would just upload the files to an FTP server uh, in, you know, that was how I released the music. And that was, that was how we did it. And there were these small files uh, samples. It's actually the same way I write the intro and the outro music to this show. Uh, well, somebody in Lithuania heard it and decided he was going to make his own album, and he actually just took tracks from that FTP server that he really liked, and he released it as an album, and it, and it birthed... It was one of the uh, early birthing albums that defined the uh, the dungeon synth genre of music, which I had never really heard of, but... Um, it's it's like D and D exploration music is like some of the stuff that people think Dungeon Synth is. If you ever go to if you've ever been to Dragon Con, you've walked through the dealer hall and you've heard Midnight Syndicate, which they sell albums uh, in the D, and they usually play their music. That's modern Dungeon Synth. Uh, there, there's other modern examples of Dungeon Synth, but apparently this guy he released a cassette and it was one of like the birthing the genesis of the Dungeon Synth genre as it was picking up as a splinter of the death metal and the black metal scene. Uh, back in the 90s and he basically had all these stolen tracks and it was you know a cornerstone of the early dungeon synth uh, movement and stuff and then about like three years ago somebody actually found one of the original tracks one of the other original tracks uh from the cassette on an old ftp server that held had old demo scene they were doing some archaeological stuff and he was like wait a minute and he put two and two together and then they found the rest of us and last december i got an email saying hey <laughs> we think you wrote something that's kind of legendary and where i'm like what so it is a wild story as jerna matt is uh is, says uh yes and um we will talk way more about it uh when uh what's going to be coming up is happening which they have announced a remaster uh essentially they were going to do a reissue of the original thing, they were actually talking with the person who stole the tracks. Then they found all of our track, all, all the, like the actual people that wrote it. There were three of us that he stole from, uh, and they came to us and they're actually doing a legitimate remaster with all of us in the, in the liner notes. We're going to get proceeds and royalties from it. And, and uh, that's hopefully going to be coming out sometime this, this, uh, this year. Uh, and then we'll talk way more about it then, but coming up next tonight, here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. Uh, we like to check in with them and uh, see what's going on uh, over in their neck of the woods. Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? Uh, I am doing well. None of my episode was spliced tonight, just so you know. I did not cheat tonight. Uh, my, my, my friend, uh, I guess former friend now, he, he did, and he's not going to be back. And it's really not a big loss. I heard about that, but yeah. that's okay because you have Lithuanian royalty checks in yes. your future. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I mean, I don't get any royalty checks from the Lithuanian. The, the place it's coming from now, it's Ohio. So oh, they're, oh, Ohio. Oh. they're from Ohio. 
but I'm getting All money right, from well, Ohio. That's fine. Good. International taxes can be a pain, so that'll be good. But the funny thing is about this whole thing, and like I said, we'll get into this whole music thing in a future episode, is that the main person, because there was like there was one person that wrote the intro, there was somebody that wrote the actual meat of the album, the three-part middle part, and then I wrote the outro, what he used as the outro. The person who wrote the meat of it, uh, he is actually a composer in the game industry now, uh, oh. My favorite VR game that I like to play in VR uh, is is a game that is not like what most of us would play, but it's called American Truck Simulator. And it came from uh, the, the first game in that that it's based off of Zero Truck Simulator 2. This guy wrote the music for Euro Truck Simulator 2. I've, I've played that. Yeah. I've played that. Yeah, he, yeah, he, 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 uh, he works for um, SCS Software in the audio department, and that's what he does huh. now. And so he's he's kind of the main person that was stolen from because it was like 20 minutes of his music was stolen. And then the other two of us, we had like three minutes stolen. To it's still it, really humorous to me that you don't talk much about that. I know it was a long time ago. You yeah. know, I don't talk a lot about the emulation scene. I used to be pretty deep in and all that stuff either. But um, uh, it, it's kind of funny to me that, that now, like, meanwhile, while you've just been kind of like, oh, yeah, it was the thing I did all these years ago. Like, you know, you you were huge in Lithuania. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah, in Europe, because it, it's and it's it's interesting because with that, uh, it was on a cassette and it was traded on cassettes, and that's how that's how people got it. And it was like you know he just made the cassettes in his basement, uh, <laughs> and you know like there's like a, a scan of the black and white printed uh, thing that he had made and stuff. So, uh, but the new reissue is going to be coming up, and it, the new reissue is also being released on cassette because apparently that's what they do in the dungeon since scene. So it's a cassette. But if enough people are interested, they may make it on vinyl, which would be kind of cool. And and what they're doing with the reissue is they also have all three of us gave them other music we wrote at the time that was kind of in the same style, which is what a lot of people that actually know Dungeon Synth and don't know me, but know the original uh, Lord Caduceus Zool, who wrote the original. Uh, They're like, yeah, this is unreleased Caduceus material because it's from all of us that actually wrote his material. And and it's oh, kind of the same thing. So yeah, uh, the Rickman says, "What about eight track or mini disc? It's cassettes. It's all about the cassettes for them. Uh, they've even made the liner notes only fit on cassettes. It's it's kind of it's kind of neat. I've I've seen that stuff, but I can't share that. Uh, awesome! I can't wait to hear more about it. it sounds like it's going to be a fun episode. Yeah, and I don't know when that's going to be. I thought it was going to be back in February, but you know, time moves slow. Sure. What, what is time? Um. Yeah, so uh, I also talked a little bit because I know you were following the Intellivision Amico story as well and about the trademark that actually was updated at the very last second. It wasn't abandoned like we thought last week. But I also think that the Amico is not going to happen. Are you almost at the same place that I am, that like our money is just gone? I think it's gone. Yeah. I, I do. It's, uh, there's just been too much that's happened there. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Amico, like this, the games that they've been working on, kind of mm-hmm. ultimately release. Like, I, I, I feel like we will see that Earthworm Jim thing. We will see that Bit Trip breakout game mm-hmm. that they've been pushing, you know, and some of the other things. I think those games will see the light of day, which yeah. good, you know, they should. Um, but I'm not sure how or where if they just become yeah. indie switch games or what. But um, yeah, I think the I think the without some major movement really yeah. soon, I think the hardware is uh, not going to happen. Yeah. But um, prove me wrong in television. I'd love yeah. to be wrong. Yeah, I'd love to be wrong too. But I'm not going to hold my breath. I'm not going to sit here and say it's definitely going to happen or keep on putting in. You know, 
I'm not going to have the blind faith that maybe I had in, you know, April of 2020 or even in 2019 when I put down the money. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I had a lot of goodwill from Tommy, but I mean, Tommy's not there anymore or he, he is, but he isn't. Uh, and, uh, I just, uh, oh, everybody get the clip button ready. We've, uh, he doesn't want to be here. He oh. be here. nobody fighting. wants to be on the Bobby Blackwell show. I see how it is. I'm going <laughs> to kidding. It's going to be, that's going to be the top clip for the month. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um, right up there with me cursing in call of duty, you know? But uh, yeah, uh, so so uh, what else are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight? I think the big news of the week. I'm surprised you didn't touch on this. Is the whole E3 is coming back? I was, I was holding back on that. You know, but you're so gracious and kind. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, E3 is coming back. Um, it's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that yeah. on the show. Uh, also, layoffs going on at GameStop, which mm-hmm. I think. A lot of us kind of thought that would happen a while ago, but maybe the uh, stock stuff maybe delayed this inevitable thing, which is, it's sad. I'm not trying to make light of it. It's just, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Um, and then, oh, this is a really big deal is that uh, digital content getting removed from people's libraries, mm-hmm. not in the U.S., it's happening overseas, um, but it still makes a lot of people, this is what a lot of people are like, this is why I don't go digital. This is why I'm not getting an all digital console. This is why I don't do it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of when this happens, I can't say I blame that attitude. Speaking of, of not going digital, I will say that this week, for those of you who like movies and physical, everything everywhere all at once just released on, on physical Blu-ray and 4k. So you want to pick that up. It's the best multiverse movie. Yeah. Yeah. I want to pick that up. Um, I, one of the best movies I've ever seen literally. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I actually forgot about E three, but I wanted to talk about like the stuff, and I don't have uh, I don't have three hours, uh, but yeah, Zombie three and DJ Rama says y'all ain't gonna like the new E three, and uh, I'm gonna agree with Rama, I probably won't, um, because I know well, who's luckily now. we have three hours, yes, so <laughs> we'll yes. get into it tonight. Yes, you you can get into it, and I may talk about it next week. Uh, e three hours of OLR coming yes. up next. All right, OLR with E three coming up next. Thanks so much, Rob. All right, thanks. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. After the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, Saturday, 5.30, Saturday, 7 o'clock, I will be in panels, uh, 5.30, about Twitch streaming, 7 p.m., hosting an event where an Eternal Enigma will be running Silent Hill for the room, doing a speed run of it in about an hour and five minutes, but we're going to be explaining speed running for the masses. We're going to actually break it down from the beginning. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and the next week I might talk about E3. I'm going to show you video from Southern Fried Gaming Expo as well, but maybe we'll talk about E3, uh, depending on if any big news happens and stuff like that, because I did completely forget about that. But uh, Reed Pop said I wasn't media about four years before the ESA said I wasn't media. So I probably wouldn't be going to the new E3 anyway. They probably they don't want me there, probably most likely. Uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Bobby Black Wolf and also on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. I will probably be posting pictures in our conventions channel about Southern Fried Gaming Expo. You can see what's going on there if you are uh, not able to make it for whatever reason, uh, be it health reasons, uh, you know, or, or, or any or proximity reasons. You may not be anywhere near the Atlanta area. Uh, it's, it's not easy to fly right now with all the cancellations, so uh, I completely, completely understand. 
so yeah, so you can find me there on the Discord server as well. Hey, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to make this live show work without the help of the chatters that go above and beyond. You being here and watching and listening is really, really all that we really ask for. But... Some people want to do more uh, and help us out, uh, run the network, run the website, and all that stuff. So thank you so much uh, to Dark Tetsuya, who resubscribed, saying, happy, hey, happy three-month streak subversary plus 18 twire prior months. Twitch math is weird. Yeah, it is. Twitch math is very weird. I completely understand. Tiger Claw just resubscribed. Thank you so much. Uh, S. Sharon Matt cheered 250 bits. And Sean322 cheered 100 bits. And Rob Roberts cheered 300 bits. That was because we had a hype train going. Uh, how do we do? We uh, reached level two with two sub gifts and 650 bits. Thank you so much uh, for that. And then YYR rated. Thank you so much for the raid, YYR. Uh, doing a YYR who makes, uh, who makes video games. Uh, you can find them on Xbox. You can find them on Steam. Uh, you can you used to be able to find them on your Vita. Uh, he rated uh, after doing. I'm I'm assuming a DDR stream is what he was doing. Uh, getting people back into Dance Dance Revolution, moving their legs, uh, stomping arrows on the Twitches. Thank you so much for that raid and Dark Sakura resubscribe. Thank you so much for that resub. I am now going to shut up so uh, Dark Sakura and pals can talk. Uh, so thank you so much. I will see you next week. Southern Fried Gaming Expo next weekend here in Atlanta if you want to go. And I will see you there if you are there. And if not, I'll see you next Sunday. Take care of yourself. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network. People who need to hire new voiceover guys. Or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.